Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1492, Why You Lost Your Childlike Creativity and How to Rediscover It. Part one by Michael Blankenship of GetYourGustoBack.com and I'm Justin Mollick. Happy Saturday, welcome to one of the only podcasts in the world where blogs are narrated to you for free with permission from the authors, an award-winning podcast thanks to you. And I'll keep this intro nice and short for the weekend, so let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. Why You Lost Your Childlike Creativity and How to Rediscover It, Part 1, by Michael Blankenship of GetYourGustoBack.com. You're staring at a blank screen with a blinking cursor sitting in front of a piano that's out of tune holding a paintbrush before an empty canvas. You're ready, it's time, but where to start? The options are endless. You could start by writing any word, learning any song, or using any color. Perhaps you can relate to what Dr. Seuss once penned, quote, simple it's not, I am afraid you will find, for a mind maker upper to make up his mind, end quote. Not easy at all, is it? Still, the desire to create something awesome, to build something with your own hands, is a human desire. You were created after all. The natural progression of things is that you yourself create. Maybe you wanna build a business, raise a family, or become a world-class pianist. Each of those is an expression of your creative instinct. But why is the creative process so difficult? Why is it hard to start that book and keep working on it for months or even years? Why is it so difficult to write a blog post? put paint on a canvas, or build a business? Why is it so difficult to create something you really want to create? I mean, in and of themselves, those are just things you can do. The how-to is technically no more demanding than loading up a video game, reading a good book, or going for a stroll through a beautiful park on a sunny day. The expression of your childlike desire to build and create shouldn't be agonizing. It should be fun and exciting, just like it was when you were a toddler. And yet, it's a pain in the the difference between scattered creative energy and focus. Creative energy. Browsing through Facebook notifications, I stumbled upon a particularly thought-provoking response to an article I wrote from a woman who was struggling to get her gusto back. Quote, I'm being pulled in so many different directions. That's because I allow it. I chase after more than one career, but I struggle to even take the smallest step towards achieving any improvement in any of it. My days feel busy and filled with too many to-dos, but the truth is that I'm not really doing anything. I'm just distracting myself, keeping my mind busy so that I can't concentrate on what really matters, end quote. I wrote back to her asking for more details and she further explained that she wants to be a writer. Desperately, that's what she wants. 
but she keeps putting energy into other things she perceives as being easier, like taking her resume to the local supermarket. She's pulling herself in different directions, and because of that, she's making little progress in every direction. It's the difference between spreading your creative energy out over 10 activities and focusing on just one big thing. The former creates frustration and dissatisfaction, while the latter allows for real progress and fulfillment. You make a lot more progress when you focus on one thing rather than 10 things. But scattered creative energy is a common human experience in the 21st century. If you're in a first world country and make a living wage, you can do pretty much anything you want. But because of a psychological principle called analysis paralysis, most of us struggle to make a real long-term decision about what we want. We fleet from passion to passion, never making much progress on any single ambition. It's frustrating and dissatisfying. Why, you ask, is it so hard for us to focus in on one thing that excites us? There are different reasons for different people. One, FOMO, fear of missing out. You wanna do it all rather than commit to just one thing. If you choose this, then you can't do that. Two, lack of confidence. You just can't see the way forward to accomplish what you want to accomplish. You can see step one, but steps two to 100 are invisible right now, and that makes you think the entire pursuit would be a sham. Or three, you want to do it all. Everything sounds exciting to you, and you convince yourself that you're able to juggle all of your passions and desires. In the process, you end up making very little progress on all of those things. But let's take it one step further. Why are you afraid of missing out on other opportunities? Why do you have a lack of long-term confidence in yourself? Why do you try to do everything rather than commit to one thing? I believe there's one underlying reason that explains all of that. One large and in-charge cause for your seeming inability to make real, meaningful progress on your passions. And it all has to do with judging rather than creating. You can't judge something and create it at the same time. I came to understand the powerful difference between judging and creating on top of a snowy mountain. I'd convinced a friend of mine to go snowboarding for the first time. If you're a snowboarder, then you know how painful of a process this can be. He fell a few moments after standing up, which is to be expected. Then he fell again and again and again and again, still to be expected, but not to him. On one particular fall, he yelled, stop falling and punched the ground as hard as he could. His face and hands were shaking from anger. It became clear that he wasn't in his flow. He wasn't working to learn and create, regardless of the pain involved in that process. He was judging himself and the world based on unbacked expectations of how he should be performing. And because of that, he quickly became discouraged. After just one run, he sat at the bar the remainder of the day while the rest of our group enjoyed the chill of the slopes. You see, it's never really the pain of creation that stops you in your tracks. It's not the snow raking your face, the hard falls, or the aching muscles that keep you from moving forward. The pain is like wind. It's a natural part of momentum, something to accept, learn from, and overcome. It's the challenge that life gives us so we have something to do. No, the pain isn't the problem. It's our expectation that the pain shouldn't be there and that we're doing something wrong if pain is involved or quite simply a belief that we're not good enough, i.e. judgment, that keeps us from fulfilling our full potential. Have you ever heard the advice that wannabe writers should write the first draft of their book without looking back, without making edits, rereading, or engaging negative thoughts? It's because you can't create something and judge it at the same time, not if you wanna make any real progress. And that truth applies to every type of creative expression. 
Don't get me wrong, there's a time for carefully calculated self-reflection, but that is very different than harsh self-judgment. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled Why You Lost Your Childlike Creativity and How to Rediscover It by Michael Blankenship of GetYourGustoBack.com. Thank you to Michael. I'll finish the rest of this post for you tomorrow. But I'll leave it at that for this Saturday edition of Optimal Living Daily. Thank you for being here and listening every day, including the weekends. And I'll be back tomorrow to finish up this post where your optimal life awaits.